Martial arts is a million dollar business. It is a business. It's not a hobby and it's not my hobby. It's my business. So I have to run it like a business. And a lot of people think, oh, he's just trying to make money. But aren't we all like we have to make a living and we have to be comfortable. We put ourselves out there. We hurt our bodies. Mm. We miss out with the family to go to the fights, to have that hope that one day they're going to be a champion. It's naive to think that you can make a living with your passion if you're not learning how to run a business. That's not going to work. A lot of things we do from from our heart, but also you have to pay for your service. You have to know your Mm. worth. Who's the favorite kid? Oh, there's no favorite. Oh, come on, and you, you don't lie. Like, what's your brain telling you? I will die here. See That's that, the mentality yeah. that you need to be a successful fighter. You don't care if your face is cut open. You don't care if you can't punch with your right hand. You can still punch with your left hand. Welcome to the Creative Greed Podcast. We're, we're committing to helping creatives find greed to become successful. And we do that by teaching you a bunch of different areas of life, not just filmmaking, not just the craft, But I want to help you guys get better on other aspects that will also help you become successful, like mindset, business, fighting, and etc. So today, we're very lucky to have another legend on the podcast. She's a two-time world Muay Thai champion. She's also married to a 10-time world champion, John Wayne Parr, and she's a business owner. She owns Boon Chu Gym. Please welcome Angela Parr. Thank you. <laughs> did, I, did I get that right? Did I get everything right? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when you ask me my name and to just like do a test and I said Angela, which I never like to be called Angela. Yeah. I, I, I prefer Angie. Yeah. And then you said Angela and I was like, haha, I don't think you've ever called me Angela. I, I don't think I've ever called you Angela. That's true. Yeah, I always call you Anya. Everyone yeah. calls you Anya. Yeah, yeah. I prefer. So do you, like when you introduce yourself to, let's say, in like a professional environment or every, anything, do you say Angie or do you say I think I say Angela. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit more professional, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, I think, natural. Like, that's my name, and Angie's my nickname. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah. In here, we get to call you Angie because <laughs> we're family. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Angie, for people that have no idea who you are and what you do, can you give us a, a, a bit of a brief description on who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, I own Bunji Gym with my husband, John Wayne Parr, and we have um, a lot of fighters and we have a lot of students. So I manage the gym. I also clean the gym. You know, I um, I do marketing for the gym and stuff like that. So I'm pretty busy because my kids are also training and competing. So I'm at competitions almost every weekend. Yeah, awesome. So how, how do you started doing Muay Thai? So I started when I was 17 years old. I wanted to learn a self-defense. So I was looking around different gyms in my... um my city, but there wasn't that many. And it was like karate and stuff like that. So I ended up doing a self-defense course in university. um, And it was across the street from my house. And it was really convenient. And the um, guy trained fighters. So I started there. I did a couple years in California, but I really wanted to pursue my career. So I moved to Las Vegas. Yeah, awesome. So then did you move to Las Vegas? You started training. And at what point were you like, yeah, this is the thing that I wanted to pursue? Well, I knew. So my whole point after leaving California was like, I need to pursue this professionally. So it was either move to a famous gym called Fairtex, and that was in San Francisco, and the, or Las Vegas, or even New York. There was um, a really good trainer there. I just wanted to be somewhere that was like, you know, a good place to find matches and be a busy fighter. Mm. And Las Vegas was really close to my hometown. So I could drive home every like 
every other weekend and mm. visit my family because my family is really important to me. So I would just, you know, go to um, Las Vegas, live there for a week or two, and I drive home for the weekend, stay home for two days, sleep on my parents' couch, and then I drive back to training. But I had wow. to stop doing that. Um, my trainer was like, "You're getting too tired. The drive is too long. You know, you really need to stay here and focus on training." Did someone tell you like, hey, look, I, I think you have potential or did you just were like kind of stubborn and like, I, I just want to do this? Well, my first ever fight was like a, uh, an exhibition in um, a smoker. So people just rock up, they weigh in, they get matched and they fight. And um, I lost my first fight. And the, one of the Thai trainers came up to me. He's like, you have a lot of potential. Keep yeah. keep doing it. Don't stop. You're going to be you're awesome. So I just, I think, you know, hearing that sort of stuff is very motivating. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I wasn't stopping after that loss. In retrospective, what do you think he looked like? What do you think he appreciated about you that he thought, yeah, this girl has potential? Maybe heart because I didn't give up. Like I, I was versus somebody who was way more experienced than me, but there was nothing stopping me. Like I was going at it until the bell rang at the end. So I think um, for Thai boxing and Muay Thai, it comes down to heart. Like you have to have a big heart to be a good fighter. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into um, that, but I, I'm excited to hear your perspective on that. Um, but I want to jump to how, how do you get to Australia? So you're, you were born in the States, you're training yeah. there, life is happening there. How do, how do you get to Australia? Well, John Wayne was actually just talking about this, that he got deported. So he overstayed his visa by three days. We were planning on living in USA. We were going to live in San Diego. He was going to be a trainer. We, we were going to work out of a gym and look for fights um, after I had Jasmine, but he got deported. So I had to sell everything and pack up and move here before I couldn't travel anymore and have the baby with my husband. Yeah, wow. So yeah. Uh, did you guys meet at the gym? Did we you met in Las Vegas. We were both fighting and um, we we hit it off instantly. And then maybe three months of Las Vegas, we decided to move to San Diego. Wow. And that's when we took the big leap to leave my home gym and do something on our own. Do you, do you think that's like an old school thing that you meet and so quickly move in with each other? Because I feel like today it sounds crazy. If I tell someone like yeah. in three months I'm, I moved in with a girl, just, people will be like, what? Like, really? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, think, I think when you have true love and real love that it's just so instant. Yeah. How do you know if it's true love though? Uh, I just like when they, like one time I wasn't sure if I wanted to be with him and he like left the room and my heart like broke and I was just like, I know I don't want to be away from him. I just wanted to stay with him. And what about, because I'm also so interested in like this side of love things. I even asked my mom recently, like, <laughs> hey, what about my dad? What's that got you? Like, what, why? And she gave me like the most beautiful speech and breakdown of why yeah. she fell in love with him. Why do you fell in love with John Wayne Parr? I, I just thought we were so similar. Like, even though he'd done a lot more than and accomplished more than I did, I just felt we were so similar. I loved the Thai culture. I was learning to speak Thai. He spoke fluent Thai. Muay Thai was my life. It, it's also his life. Um, yeah, we were just so similar. And because, I don't know, our birthdays are very close. We're both Geminis. I just feel like, you know, he was the guy version of myself. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you guys come to uh, Australia and what happens next? Like how when did Bunchu start it? So Bunchu started in um 1996 and um his sponsors wow. helped him open the gym, but when he went to like Thailand, they said, "Do you want to fight under my gym or do you want to fight under 
Bunchu, which is the Thai restaurant, Richard Vell's restaurant. So he said Bunchu. And then that's where it all started. He, the gym was established here uh, in Mermaid Beach. And then he decided to leave and go teach abroad in America. So that's when he left. And he just, he wasn't happy here. I think maybe he was looking for me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he needed yeah. you. Yeah. They so, always say, yeah. what, what do you say? Like behind every great man, there's a, a great woman. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like, it was just, he, he wasn't happy here and he knew that he didn't want to be here and he wanted to explore and, and get out there and get his name out there, maybe get some fights in USA. It was really good for him to go to USA because he saw how much the top fighters were making and he put his profile up, also winning fights. And, you know, he got a lot of opportunities from going overseas. That's a, that's a great point as well. Like when you have no idea what other people are making in yeah. whatever market you are, it's the same for videographers and stuff that yeah. you know that you might be charging i don't know 500 or whatever for a video and then it until you find someone that is charging way more than that it, it like it almost doesn't click inside yeah. your mind and it's it like did. you know it, and and then he said i'm not coming back to australia to fight for you know what i was making i, I want i'm making this if if you want me you have to pay that and that's what happened and it was really good it was funny because we were fought in um, new mexico and there was a really famous fighter named johnson on fairtex and they were trying to put him and john wayne together and we were in the limo because We were fighting, but Junk must have been with a fighter or something. He's like, hey, hey, don't don't fight for cheap for them. Let's put our prize money up and then we'll fight each other. But they never ended up fighting each other. But he's super famous um, trainer and fighter from um, the 90s golden era. So he's amazing. Him and John Wayne almost met a couple yeah, times right. in center ring. Yeah. So how does he work for a fighter, let's say like Wayne or even in your case back then? Like, did you guys have to negotiate on your behalf or do you have someone? How does yeah. it, did it work? Well, um, I used to train under Master Toddy, so he negotiated my prize money. And then when John Wayne and I left, we just negotiated ourselves because we knew what we were worth. We knew when we wanted to fight, if we were ready. So we just, that's what the big break was mm -hmm. from us just becoming, you know, our own trainers and, and, and our own bosses. That's yeah. why we left. Yeah. yeah. Was it, was it hard to do the switch? Cause I found, I found that for creatives, that's a big problem. Like it, like switching from just being a creative to understand like, Hey, you're a business owner or, you know, you need to understand business if you want to make a full-time living and all this stuff. Like yeah. it took me a few years and even running into the right people to tell me like, Hey, you're not doing this right. Then you're not going to make a living if you don't fix these things. You know? Yeah. So I, I think you, um, eventually you figure that out, you know, like how much you're worth and you, you just know you want more and that you're going to do more for yourself. So sometimes it comes to that point. And a lot of fighters have done that, you know, they've left my gym or they've, um, went off to do other things. And some people have gone, been really successful and people kind of drift off and they're, they're no longer, you know, part of the sport anymore. I think for us, it was all or nothing. So, yeah. And it has to be like that. Hey, mm -hmm. like having that mindset of uh, that's the way I see my life. Everything since I came to Australia six years ago, yeah. to me, it was all or nothing. You know, I burn yeah. every ship and I have to make it here and I have yeah. to make it. And I have my my why behind me, you know, like yeah. uh, like and and I always almost I think you, you're into David Goggins as uh, well. Right. Bit, yeah. yeah, I love him. And, you know, it's almost like always creating that dark matter scenario in your head in which you it's all or nothing. 
thing. I yeah. try to recreate that consistently in my head, even with the little things. Yeah, I've learned a lot from being around the sport too, mm -hmm. because in you know America, martial arts is a million dollar business. They have the population. It is a business. It's not a hobby, mm -hmm. and it's not my hobby. Mm -hmm. It's my life, and mm -hmm. it's my business. So I have to run it like a business. I can't run it like, hey guys, this is the recreational place for nonprofit. You know, I it got to the point at Christmas we couldn't afford to buy each other a present. All of my husband's prize money went into gym rent. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, guys, things have to change. I know how to run a business. I helped Master Toddy for, you know, two, three years. I know what it takes to make this gym successful. And, you know, I had some really hot, big goals and, and we have, we've achieved them. Yeah. Side note, I met Master Toddy like maybe five years, no, like four years ago, actually. I went wow. to Thailand yeah. for the first time and I was looking like, oh, where can I do? Because I did when I was 21, so years ago, I did a little bit of Muay Thai back then and oh, wow. a little bit of grappling. And it always came to me like, oh, I want to get back into this. But back yeah. then, I, I didn't have the money. I was studying dentistry. So it was yeah. uh, my mom and dad were like, you know, you're not doing this. You're going to fuck up your wrist. Mm, and then, you know, like, scary, you know, yeah. so... Um, and then when I went to Thailand, I was like, I would love to do a class in here. And I ended up finding Master Tori's wow, gym. He was such so cool. a lovely person. Yeah, he's yeah. very charismatic. And that's yeah. what he does. He runs a business and, you know, he um, teaches like uh, instructor certificates and all that stuff. And a lot of people think, oh, he's just trying to make money. But aren't we all like we have to make a living and to, we have yeah. to be comfortable yeah. like we put ourselves out there we hurt our bodies by holding pads mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. we take our weekends off mm -hmm. we miss out with the family to go to the fights mm -hmm. those little small tiny fights to have that hope that one day they're going to be a champion yes you know so yes. we make a lot of sacrifices too and you know a lot of things we do from from our heart and mm -hmm. our passion but also you know you have to pay for your service you have to know your mm -hmm. worth yeah and that, and that's the reality yeah. right like it's it's naive to think that you can make a living with your passion if you're not learning how to run a business yeah. is unfortunately that's that's not going to work for the longest time i was yeah. thinking like i'm just gonna be so good at what i do that you know people will come to me and all these things and there there's so many variables mm -hmm. to that you can only be so good in and you need to approach different things you need to learn about marketing advertising customer service like yeah, all definitely. these different things that make a successful business yeah. right um so you come to australia you start uh, running bunchu again yeah. right jassy is what like one year old? she was just born came to yeah, the hospital wow. yeah yeah from so the hospital to the gym how how hard was that like it a, was fine because you know growing up in a gym is a really good environment um mm. they say you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. And I had all the people in the gym helping me and I had really good people. And so I could bring her to work and I could work and, you know, take care of her at the same time. So it, I probably started training six weeks after I had Jasmine. Wow. And so I was already training and that was, that's part of the business. I was teaching classes, mm -hmm. gave John Wayne a opportunity to hold the baby and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So we, we just did it together and it was really, really easy. And did the was the gym closed while he was away in America? No, it was being run by the fighters. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, he left the fire. That's a, that's and, a good. And thing. one yeah. instructor that um he has his own gym now. It's Urban Gym and um Mermaid. Yeah, I think it's a Mermaid. Um, no, 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 it's not Mermaid Miami. Anyway, the the one of the trainers ran the gym and they did they did a good job while we were away. So while you, he was away. You come back, you get back into the gym and all these things, you start running. 
how how did things go? Did you start it like? Did you found some obstacles at the beginning because you were learning a few things? Well, or yeah, definitely obstacles because it was the first. I came in October and November and the December, and it was like Wayne's prize money was actually helping fund that gym, and the honor system that people had is just like paying when when they remembered wasn't going to work. So mm. I had to, you know, make membership cards and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, get people on a direct debit system mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. or like a, a payment plan. And then, you know, just getting people organized and running it a little bit for a service that we were giving. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It just made it a lot better once we established that, mm -hmm. like it wasn't just come in and pay the money in mm -hmm. the bucket yeah. and, you know, Hey, paid this week sure you did you know so, <laughs> sure you did yeah, it, <laughs> sure. It, it was it was a very relaxed business yeah. i think it was almost like kind of run like a a ymca you know it was yeah. it wasn't that business but when i came in i had to make it that way it wasn't going to work the other way because we were offering more classes mm -hmm. well, you know we were a full-time gym we didn't have a job at home our only job was fighting so mm -hmm. we had to change the structure of the business did you had some sort of mentor or was it all from what you witnessed? It was with? all from what I learned. I learned a lot of stuff too in San Diego because the gym that, um, so Master Dottie's had a really busy gym, but nothing was as busy as what I saw in San Diego. They had um, a boxing gym and they had 1,500 people. 1,500 students. They wow, ran, that's they ran, crazy. They ran their direct debit system themselves. They typed their credit card number in and every month they took their, you know, direct debit fees and, you know, you could do it that way as well. Um, I thought that was pretty crazy. Thank goodness. You yeah. know, there's technology now yeah, that you could yeah, just exactly. fill out on an app, a direct yeah. debit. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a crazy and just mm. customer service. They had three women at the reception. Like, you know, I've always been at the reception, but I can come and go a little bit mm -hmm. at Bunchu. But yeah, it was definitely like mind blown. I bet, I bet it's also good now that your kids are, are much mature, right? And Jassy's helping so much. Yeah. It seems like from from observation, yeah. like it seems like Jassy does so much. Too. Yeah, exactly. She benefits so much from the gym. Like, you know, she, she doesn't have to buy waters. She doesn't have to buy gear. Mm -hmm. Whatever she needs, it's, you know, accessible. So she can just take whatever she wants. It's, it's her business as well. Yeah. And like, you know, whenever, if she needs a little bit of extra cash, we don't have a problem giving mm. it to her because she, you know, works there exactly. as well. So mm. it's, I always just say to Jesse, this is your business too. Yeah. Like whatever we make you make, yeah. you benefit from it as yeah. well. So that's how they see it. Yeah. And that, and that's awesome. Cause then they have skin on the game as well. Yeah. They, they understand like, okay, we need this thing yeah, to work and be it. successful. Right. Yeah, and Jesse's sure. also like, he's massive by the way. Yeah. Like I, I met him just over a year ago. I think he was smaller than me. He's, oh, really? he's he's so big. I'm like, I know. how is he getting this big? And and it seems like he's gonna grow even more. I right? think so. Yeah, he's just he's just eating and sleeping and training. That's all. Yeah, he does. yeah, yeah, that's all. And he a does. little bit of school. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the favorite kid? Oh, there's no favorite. Oh, come on, and you, you don't lie like that to my face. <laughs> did, did you Gemma, have siblings? Gemma, Jesse, or, or Jesse? I have a little sister. So is she the favorite? Are you the favorite? You can't say. The thing is, my parents are the ones that have to answer yeah, that. No but way. Yeah. No, they, they're all equally loved. Come on. They, no, I don't I have a I feel favorite. like it's Jesse, but I'm not sure. No, I, and if if I if you could say who's going to be the most successful, I'd have money on Gemma. On Gemma. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Because I was the youngest. I was a little bit crazy. And, you know, like, they're just not, they're not afraid. And they have big brothers make them tough. Like, yeah. Okay, just today, that's a good I was, point. I was, every day I have like a 20 minute siesta and I was just laying down and like, <laughs> 20 minutes, yes. <laughs> and then Gemma goes, ow. And I'm like, oh, something happened. And I was like, what happened? And he's like, Gemma's like, Jesse hit me. And I was like, okay. You guys are cool. Just leave me alone. Like normally in a normal situation, how dare you hit your yeah. sister? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing. They're probably just sparring out yeah. there. So yeah. I was just like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, she's going to be so tough. She she's is. So and I think lovely, she's going to be taller than Jasmine too. So Jasmine's like a little pocket rocket. Jazz, <laughs> Jazzy's like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be yeah. so successful. And Jesse's like, I'm going to drive a car like Stylebender. And, and then, but Jazz, Gemma, I think she's just going to, I don't know. I feel like she's going to be really successful. Do you think so? Yeah. yeah. So what kind of stuff is she saying now? Like a- she, she likes um, Muay Thai, mm-hmm. but I think she'll like MMA. Where Jazzy's kind of drifted from the MMA. She's like in the boxing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like she'll, she'll be really good. Yeah, that's awesome. If if she were to like, because obviously they're growing up in a house of a world class house, you mm-hmm. know, of, of champions, yeah. and fully committed to a sport. If she were to tell you like, "Hey, I just want to be a painter," what would you tell her? Um, like, I'm totally supportive. Whatever she wants to do, as long as she, you know, is successful in her life and she doesn't have to borrow money off of me every week. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you want to do, love. Besides, besides only fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, <laughs> what would you say? Is that a thing? Have you have you had a chat about that in your house? Like, uh, hey. Yeah, Jazzy's like, man, mom, I can make so much money. I was like, Jasmine, you can't, but you're selling your soul. Yeah. So, you know, I know a lot of people think that it's fine and this is a great way to make money. But look, from, from my family and my morals, I probably couldn't mm. do it even... Mm. I sometimes think, how come I didn't walk around naked when I was 20? I was, you know, like super fit. Mm -hmm. Like that is the most beautiful, you know, age is like 21, 20. Mm -hmm. And like, I get it. These kids right now, they're in their bikinis. They're mm-hmm. loving the beach, and mm-hmm. they were less and less and less. Mm-hmm, yeah. But I just think it know, feels like that, yeah. right? Like every year is just a bit less, like, less, yeah. less. <laughs> I'm like, can you wear shorts, please? <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just something that you know. Look, I'm not going to judge people, but I probably didn't want that for my children. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you? Would you be? Re- that's funny because I was going to ask that to Yassi because obviously with the big yeah. following she has and all the attention, yeah. I'm like, she could make so much money I so know. quick, and especially you just need to go to the comments and you can yeah. see. All all the nasty people there yeah. you're like she'll make so much money so have you ever like had to like hey this is the one thing i don't want you to do Look, or i like can't a- control my kids that's what yeah I've that's learned. the thing as well you know, right? i have no control she keeps getting tattoos every week and i'm mm-hmm. just like ah, stop getting tattoos so um yeah we can't control our children we, we're mm-hmm. not we're not the owners of our children they they own themselves um and they just get to make their own choices and hopefully we guide them in the right direction yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Go, going back to the gym, now with everything you know and from your own experience running a gym for many years, yeah. what does it take to have a successful business? Like things that you have learned that not only apply to a fighting gym, but like almost any gym. Yeah, well, um, I like to run a good business. I don't want to, um, people to say bad things about us and just say that we didn't care or we just took people's money and stuff like that. I've had students go on holiday and they, they're like, okay, I'm going to go to Greece for and travel Europe. I'll, I'll be back next month. I was like, hey, I'll, f- I'll freeze your membership. And they're like, no, you don't have to do that. I was like, yeah, I do. I don't mind. Like, So I want to run a good business. I want to help people when I can. Um, 
you know, if I can. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be used either. Mm-hmm. So I do charge for my services for the fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was ever a fighter that couldn't afford to pay, I mean, we could work something out. Mm-hmm. But just running a good business and not just doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. I don't do it for the money. I want to have happy people. I want to have people that want to come into the gym. I don't ever sell people like membership and hassle them and keep till they buy it. I don't push them into doing it. If you want to train, you train. Sometimes when people write me an email, I just think, don't write an email just come up and show up, Mm -hmm. come try it out. Like I did that. So when I wanted to move and be a successful fighter, I left work, didn't tell anyone, drove straight to Las Vegas, sat in Master Toddy's office. And I said, I want to train here. He's like, oh, that's awesome. I said, I need to move here. Okay, I'll help you move here. I'm actually building a camp. I said, perfect. I will live in a closet, whatever it takes to be a fighter. So sometimes it takes that. It takes your own self push rather than, you know, having to sell this product. I don't want to sell my product. I want people to come in, want to do it. And those are the people who are going to stick with it a little bit longer than somebody pushed into it. So let's say that's like customer service, right? Yeah, like making I think sure customer they're... service is important. Like, and keeping people happy, seeing how they're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I, there's a lot of things like that, that I think helps run a successful business branding of course mm-hmm. like I, we worked really hard having Bunchu be an international name and that's from john wayne's par success and just making a really good product like mm-hmm. his t-shirts people hurting business having you know low uh, slogans and stuff like that so just having a good product and i feel like we do have a good product and people are like oh how come you don't franchise and john wayne's always said i don't want a watered down version of myself i want you to come here meet me see my pictures on the wall and come train with me And so that's why we don't have like franchises. But the one thing I would like to see in the future is having Jasmine have a Bunchu gym, Jesse have a Bunchu gym, Gemma have a Bunchu gym, and they all have, you know, our legacy and just everything on the walls and just all the memories and stuff like that. That will be amazing because I I was going to ask you that, like, why have you thought about that? But that sounds so much better because Jassy does exactly the same that you guys do, right? So it's almost like a replica. Yeah, that's what we want. And no one's ever going to be able to replicate us. We do have really good trainers and stuff like that. And they stick with us for many, many years and they start picking up our exact habits like and and not habits but like our um techniques and mm-hmm. so they're teaching the same way that we're mm-hmm. teaching but it's never exactly the same yeah they all so have the they have a twits, little bit right. of, yeah whereas jasmine it's like i hear me <laughs> i hear wayne you know it's one of us yeah yeah it's definitely no it's, it's awesome when i first yeah. uh, understood that dynamic you know and i was yeah. like wow it's, it's yeah. almost the same exact thing but that's all she has ever done right yeah. like so she she copies us and mimics us it's really cute yeah <laughs> that's awesome um so what does it take that you being a former world champion yourself and being with a 10-time world champion what are the ingredients like what what are the things that make a, a world-class fighter or even a world-class uh, individual well i think you know having that heart to not give up and the resilience of just failing and coming back and failing and coming back. So you just definitely can't give up. So that's one of the things is just knowing what you are capable of and how far you want to go. Like he knew what he was worth. He knew how, you know, how amazing he could be. And he just always believed in himself and just kept going and, and got a lot of opportunities and made those opportunities, um, you know, shine by just being, 
being himself a champion champion fighter but he works so hard like so a lot of people like sponsor me you know i'm 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 they've been training five years or two years and they want to you know they want funding and help it took my husband 20 years to get sponsored to get any financial support he worked hard for a long time and because he was just completely passionate and completely you know focused on his career muay thai when did it like it become like okay we we can make a good living out of this when do you had that like that eye-opening moment i think when he won his first um big tournament so he won a million baht which was like thirty thousand mm -hmm. um australian dollars mm -hmm. and then it just catapulted his career and mm. just he he got opportunities and um Europe and Asia and Japan and stuff like that. He fought Japan 17 times. Wow. Like he, he's just been very successful and, and just exciting. And that's another thing. Like people think, oh, I, I should be getting paid this. I should be getting paid that. It's like, well, you got to knock people out. Don't forget that's part of it. You got to be exciting. Yes. He was exciting. Yes. And, you know, people paid good money to watch him fight. And we love You could hear the crowd. You know, yeah. he would sell out arenas in Australia. So he just needed, um, like, a great promoter. And, any, and he would sell out, you know, shows himself because he was just amazing. So having heart, being exciting, an exciting person. Yes. What else would you say is key ingredient? Not giving up being resilient yeah because you're gonna fail a lot you're not gonna win every world title you're gonna lose some but you come back and you keep going like he he had really bad injuries and you think oh he's gonna stop no it didn't stop him he kept going like one time he he got his eye socket broken and it was like he he told me he couldn't fly home he had to drive home from melbourne he said it felt like a refrigerator dropped on my face oh. and i was like yeah that sounds pretty painful <laughs> and i never thought are you ever gonna quit no because i know him he doesn't quit like even when he had his hip replacement he came back and did it again his hand was so damaged at one point his wrists and knuckles that he was like gonna have to get surgery but he just kept going and now he's like wolverine hands like <laughs> the scar tissue and the, the yeah he's just he's yeah. a, a superhero to Yeah. Me, you know i he's my idol i love him like it's just his shins are so hard like everything he's just he's just got a hard structure that's beautiful yeah. that's superhero yeah. yeah that's that's the way i see my dad as well oh, like a superhero so, so nice. that's awesome that resonates a lot did when so obviously after you became a world champion and all these things like you know exactly what they've gone through when it's difficult when it gets yeah. difficult like what was going through your head when you were in a fight and things were going not your way like uh, what what's your brain telling you was so the only time i ever got knocked out she was hitting me hard and i was just like this is this is hurting this sucks i was like i'm gonna try to knock her out and when i tried to knock her out she actually knocked me out so that's what your mentality is it's like do or die it's one of those things that you have to you have to just what was it what was um stylebender saying he's like i will die here like yes you know yeah. what i mean that's I've, I've that's that, the mentality yeah. that you need need to have to be a successful fighter you don't care You don't care if your face is cut open. Like, you don't care if you're, you know, you can't punch with your right hand. You can still punch with your left hand. Unless it's something like a refrigerator dropping on your face, you're not going to stop. Like, when coaching guys, like, can you ever spot the moment in which he gave up kind of thing? Yes, you definitely can. I see it all the time. 
fighters give up as soon as they get hit sometimes. And it's one of those things that um, they say, oh, you didn't tell me I was going to get punched in the face. Yeah, you're going to get punched in the face. And some people take that and they can just keep going and they're trying everything and listening to their coach to to come back from that. And then there's people that are just like, keep backing away. And just, you can tell, you can tell they're giving up. And it's sad, but you know what? That's their life and that's their challenge that they're putting themselves through. At the end of the day, they jumped over those ropes. At least they, you know, they took it that far. Yeah. Like, I think it's pretty cool. It's a good achievement. But sometimes people's heart isn't in there. They're a lover. They're not a fighter. Like, yeah. you can't say, you know, they're a bad person. Yeah, they're, exactly. they're just, it's just not built for them. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's why I want to do one. Yeah. You know, like I want to have You the, wouldn't give up. You, you just keep going. No, I will, I will die. In there. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. There's no Kevin way. Cause, there, yeah, because yeah, like to me, I, I spoke to a friend that he does, prof he's a professional fighter in Spain. He, he does MMA and I was so scared of my first jiu-jitsu competition. I spoke to him and he was like, dude, just the fact that you're gonna get on the mats, anyone that gets on the mats or the ring or the octagon, it's it's a champion already, right? Like 99% yeah. of people wouldn't put this themselves yeah, through it's that. It's a risk. You know? Yeah, exactly. You're taking risks. It's like bungee jumping or jumping out of a plane. I think it's pretty cool, but yeah. is it for me? No. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and that's a quality as well. Like those qualities, having heart, having resilience, those are I've what I've found from people that I've studied that they're successful in different areas of life. Yeah. Like you need to develop those qualities of being hard working, having heart. That's why I think it's important to find that thing that you love so much. Cause then when the obstacles present itself, you will dig deep and you will find the motivation and the fuel that you need, yeah. regardless of what's happening. Right. Did you ever had a time with Bunchu with the gym where you were like, look, things are not looking very well. I'm not sure if we're going to get out of this or maybe financially wasn't being profitable. Like, did you ever had a really hard season with the gym? Um, Not really, but like sometimes you go through phases and like, am I doing enough? Am I doing, um, am I doing a good job? And then I just makes me want to work harder mm -hmm. and I still get, get those phases. So anytime something happens and it's a little hiccup in the road or um, maybe a good fighter leaves the gym and you think, mm. oh, what have I done? I'm not, I'm not doing, mm. you know, we're not good enough, but it's not, it's not that. I know we're good enough. I know how successful we have been and what we have achieved. And I'm very proud of that. So I know that, okay, I can work hard too. So I do. When, when I need to, I put on the pads and I get out there and work with the fighters. I don't have to stay behind and do management and admin and cleaning and kids. I'll, I'll get out there and get my hands dirty too. So I think that's a big part of it. And now John Wayne's finally, after one year, has settled a little bit. He's got his pads on every day. He's holding pads. He went through a little phase where like, oh shit, he's he's not really into being the trainer, but because he's such a fighter. Yeah. And I get that. But we just gave him his time and now he's just super excited training Jasmine, training Jesse, training Reese Lightning and anybody who's got a big fight coming up, he's holding pads as well. We have great um, trainers and coaches that's come through the gym that have had their fights and they've stopped fighting and they're holding pads and they're a big part of the family and the team too so like we all work together and we all get our hands dirty so i think that's part of keeping a successful business that you want to keep growing you don't want to cut it off you don't mm -hmm. want you don't want to stop you just want to keep pushing 
and yeah. grinding. What what is one thing that really annoys you about owning a gym that people don't even think of? You know, like that that is something that you found out by doing it and you're like, oh, this part of the business really sucks. I, I honestly can't think of anything besides things that I'm going through probably right now. It's just like, I hate chasing money. Like somebody maybe slipped through a crack and they didn't sign their direct debit form, but they've been training. I don't like that sort of stuff. So I have to ask them, yeah. hey, you know, you haven't signed up. You owe me a couple months. Like yeah. that's the worst. Yeah. And there's only very few people that do that, like yeah. slip through the crack. And I'm the worst at my direct debits. I don't know what I'm paying. Like yeah. I kind of do, but I don't look at my, my direct debits every day. I don't look yeah. at my bank. Thank goodness my husband does. He's very business savvy. Oh, he is, is yeah. so smart. Like honestly with fighting, he's an encyclopedia. He can tell you boxing fights, who won the fight. He could tell you with UFC. He could tell you Muay Thai. He can tell you every fight that he had and how it went. And he's got a very high IQ and he's very smart. And so he's, he does all the, you know, bills and he, he's, he does the savings and, you know, he, he's very business savvy. So he knows what's going on in the direct debits, but the average Joe, some people don't check their direct debits. So I have to be the bad guy and be like, Hey, you owe me money. And I hate <laughs> yeah. that. That's yeah. like the worst. Yeah. I think that's the worst part. Like uh, coming after people yeah. that, yeah. Okay. That's... I like selling things cause I know yeah. my products are good, but I don't like chasing money. Yeah. I think that's the worst. I certify, by the way, that the product is great. Yeah, like, honestly, I've, <laughs> like I can almost have like a before and after my life here in Australia with Punchy. Like I, I absolutely love it. Like the vibe of the gym and and you guys, like knowing oh, that it's family you. owned, you know, yeah. and seeing the way you guys run it as well. Yeah. Like I, I just love it, and and everyone is so lovely. Oh, like I haven't cool. come across someone that I'm like, you know what, that guy is a bit of a dick or whatever. Like, I, like. Everyone and fighters just can it, look yeah. intimidating, yeah. but all the fighters are just like the nicest people, yeah. And they're just a little bit, you know, some of them are a little bit gumby and a little bit, yeah. um, like bogan, or yeah. you know, and it's just like, but you teach them respect, you teach them how to, you know, wear their shoes to the gym, take off your shoes in the mountain, bow, and show respect to somebody who's older than you or, mm. or, or higher, you know, like the black belts and stuff like that. So it just teaches them stuff maybe they didn't learn in life. And, mm -hmm. and they might look a little bit tough and, but they're so nice and they're so respectful. And yeah, we just hope that we can teach them a little bit of that. That's what we want is, you know, to help the next generation. What are the qualities that you, you feel like you guys are teaching to everyone besides obviously like working hard and having a, a good set or whatever like beyond that what are the qualities that you think people can learn by going to a fighting gym um i think they can learn you know just a little bit of confidence that they can be in a room with people that are not their crowd like you, you we teach dentists and you teach mm -hmm. doctors but you teach a plumber and you teach teach um you know a guy that's uh working at mcdonald's like there's all levels but everyone's the same when you come into the gym mm -hmm. and that's what's a great part i don't know you know who's the rich guy i don't know who's the poor guy when we're on the mats we're all the same yes. and that's what i love about that yeah that that's beautiful that's so true as yeah. well like it, sometimes you you might be training with someone and you have no idea that he's someone ultra successful yeah. they run businesses or whatever that's so funny yeah that I, I was thinking about that the other yeah. day like because yeah i got surprised by by someone in particular did for a living and i'm like 
wow yeah sometimes you just Mind don't blown. think of it yeah like the artist yeah exactly he, we, we have a guy in the gym and um, joe real he's amazing and the art work that he does looks surreal it does not even look real it doesn't even look possible and that's what he does like you know and then he's coming in he gets his little workout yeah. because it's a little bit of therapy he doesn't yeah. want to fight and you know he's boxing with his hands that are his you know his his instruments his yeah. instruments so yeah it's pretty cool to have all all types of people in the gym yeah well what's the worst client experience you have ever had oh, it's smelly people oh it's smelly people <laughs> that's the worst yeah. no i think i've had one drug per, drug addict come in and oh, he uh, he's like yeah i've been i've been sober for um you know a couple months and it's like no you haven't you're definitely off your head right now yeah. and like we ended up having to kick him out because he was sparring hard versus like a teenager oh, yeah, okay. and he was like he doesn't belong in this class and it's like it's an open match <laughs> yeah it's not a fighter's yeah. class it was yeah. actually a sparring day and yeah. it was just so vile and like yeah. and you could just feel his energy and i was like you need to leave and i ended up walking over and getting my cane because i have like a little cane because he just looked you know erratic like i didn't know what was going on with him yeah. and like i know he's a nice person but whatever he's taking is changing him when you say the cane is like the, yeah, my yeah. Little, I, I, but you know what you're about to whoop his ass so I, I was like you need to go yeah and so i'm walking towards him yeah but the cane wasn't the scary part. I had 20 guys walking behind yeah, exactly. me like this. Yeah. They were ready to yeah, pounce exactly. on him. And I was like, yeah. oh. And I was like, I'm so tough. But yeah. it was not. It was all the guys <laughs> behind me. But he, he ended up leaving. And he was just, he was a jerk. But yeah. I don't think he's a bad person. I think what he's taken has really messed him up. And that's probably the worst besides smelly people. Yeah. Like wear deodorant. If you don't want to wear deodorant, shower before yeah. you come. Like just wear clean clothes. Like keep your hand wraps clean nobody wants to work with the smelly person yeah and that's a tricky one right because the smelly person will never know that they're smelly i think they're just used to their oh, own smell or whatever it's terrible yeah. it's the worst <laughs> yeah so have you ever had a circumstance in which like someone was maybe being because that happened actually back home in in the first gym that i ever trained that you had like a bully kind of thing and yeah. the wayne had to come in and teach him a lesson have you ever... yeah we have that quite often um Do you? Yeah. Sometimes people don't realize how hard they go either. Mm. And so it escalates. And it's just, I need that one person to be the nice guy and say, hey, can you go lighter? Yeah. But sometimes um, lessons happen in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. And that's life too, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're going to go through a rough patch and you need to be the more responsible one or make the right decision. And sometimes you just walk away and you don't keep sparring. I've done it too. I didn't mean to. Like mm. one girl was sparring so hard versus a teen girl. I was like, okay, we, we can spar next. And then I kicked her after she kicked me, but my kick landed and she thought I was kind of probably being mm. a bit of uh, like a lesson, like I was mm. being a, mm -hmm. a mean trainer, yeah. but I wasn't. It was just my technique was a little bit better i didn't mm. mean to hit her hard but she got really upset but she ended up coming back and we just had it you know we hit we talked about our feelings and i said look you just can't be um you know a bully here but in the fight you hold back mm -hmm. and she's like you know i don't want to hold back i want to go hard i need to push myself hard so that's why i'm trying to push myself in the gym but it looks like i'm trying to be a bully but you know you just sometimes you're just communicating and talking about mm -hmm. that because if the more you don't talk about it the more it builds it becomes this big chip on your shoulder and you become uh, the bad student that you don't want there anymore yeah and you eventually part because there's that chip on the shoulder it's they gotta go yeah uh, and that happens a lot what what are the ways that you guys have currently 
to make money besides the obviously like the subscription like yeah we the... have our website so people can buy gloves and mm -hmm. sign sign gloves and t-shirts and shorts and stuff like that mm -hmm. um wang does seminars as well and um mm -hmm. you know sometimes um just different different things yeah mm -hmm. the, the the coaches as well is that like they have to work for bunchu do you let people come as well sometimes to teach their own thing and then you kind of hire the gym for not them really i never really had to do that because mm. we're pretty successful that mm -hmm. we don't have to hire in people to work because our gym's pretty open i mean we have cameras everywhere but i don't want somebody just coming in with a key whenever mm. they want and just um it's funny that you asked me that because i was thinking um having coach professor um daniel Meda come into my gym i've never had a trainer from an outside gym come to my gym and coach yeah, at right. my gym ever He's the first person that I ever yeah. did that. So, because anytime anyone tries to come in, they might not fit yeah. in our style. Yeah. But I knew he was offering something that I loved and I wanted to study. I knew my kids yeah. wanted to do it. Yeah. And I knew other people would love to train with yeah. him. So that was the first time I ever hired an outside trainer. Yeah. Otherwise, it's people that's been in the gym for a long time. They have our style. They've been been loyal to us. And they're coaches in our gym. That's probably the best addition you could ever do. That right? is the best. We train our own trainers. Yeah. We train trainers to be the trainers that we want to hire. Dylan, perfect yeah, example. He's amazing. He's yeah. awesome. And, and yeah. it didn't happen overnight. He did one whole year of shadowing Wayne as a coach in the class. And then we, we built that trust. We built um, the the same style mm -hmm. and the same style of coaching. And sometimes he'll do something. I was like, oh, that's not right. He's like, but John Wayne just did it. I was like, yeah, John Wayne shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, everybody's going to have that. Everybody's going to have their mouth guards and safety first. So, yeah. you know, sometimes I have to come in and that's probably another part that I don't like. I have to be the boss. Yeah. And like, you look make, like the boss. Nah, yeah, I just yeah, have to make you. people, you know, follow rules because there's a reason. Yeah. Um, I've even told Wayne, I was like, put your mouthpiece in and spar. And he's like, no, I'll be right. He chipped his tooth. I was like, you know how much that Classic. tooth costs? Yes. And like, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I like, know. <laughs> and my children, like I paid a lot of money for yeah. their teeth. Yeah. And if they don't want to wear a mouth guard, I'm not happy if they chip their tooth. Yeah. And that's how I know other parents would feel for their children's teeth. So every, even if they're like 25, they're still a child to me. Yeah. I'm like, wear your mouth guard. You yeah. don't want to chip your yeah. teeth. Your mom loves your smile. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm very strict on the rules, but it's for safety. Yeah. And it's for their own safety too. It's not always for the other person. Yeah. I want them to be safe and I want it to be a, a safe environment for them. I'm I'm a bit paranoid, but with that with teeth, you know, yeah. because I started dentistry, so I, and I know how much it costs to get your teeth yeah. fixing here. So I'm always like mouth guard in. Do you, you know? wear a mouth guard when you roll? Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the time. I never. I've uh, had a student yeah. chip her tooth. It's so easy. Rolling. It's so easy, and it will happen in the most silliest way. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I, um, to me, it's like, why do I risk it? I can just put it in. You know, it's so two seconds. That's it. Every time, I, I also tell people like, <laughs> I'm a bit of a police officer that yeah. you have in there. Every time I got someone to roll, you don't want to wear a mouth guard yeah. or something because it could happen in the most stupid way. You but know? the ten dollar mouth guards work. I, I yeah. sell the cheapest mouth guards. I actually mm. bought them, like enough for a year to sell in the gym because I want people to have a, a safe environment. Yeah. And yeah, I think teeth are important. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Good job. You have nice teeth, by the way. Uh, thank you. You have nice teeth <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, from being with Wayne, how do you deal with like, and not just Wayne, even like every fighter, right? Because you go to fights 
and then they may win, they may lose, they may draw. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you deal with each one of those? How do you deal with losses? How do you deal with the draws? And how do you deal with winning? Yeah, well, um, with draws, um, my dad said it's um, like kissing your sister. And it's nothing to brag about. So, you know, like a boy said, oh, I kissed a girl, but it was your sister. You can't brag about that. <laughs> so that's what I think about draws. They're not impressive. Yes. Um, it kind of sucks because yeah. you didn't really win and you didn't lose. Yeah. So you're like... On it, yeah. you know so draws are your area yeah that's in, a weird yeah. area and then um winning is always great there's there's something that if you could bottle it up and sell you'd be a millionaire you know a billionaire because it's such a happy feeling for a couple days and it's just so exciting um losing is the opposite so the depression the sadness the regret the you know you you failed But sometimes those make people a better fighter. Mm -hmm. They come back and they're like, okay, I'm going to work harder. I'm not going to cut corners. When I got knocked out, I dropped my job to here. I don't drop my job to here anymore because I know what happens. So you always got to bring your hands up. And I think sometimes those big lessons stop you from making them again. So um, losses suck. We don't like them. Um, when we win, we all win. When we lose, you feel like you lost too. Yeah. Um, some It's going to happen. I'm not out there fighting. It's a one-on-one sport. It's up to them to do it. I'll try to match it as best as I can because I help manage the fighters. But I always talk to, you know, John Wayne or um, Daniel Almeida about the matches. And I was just like, how does this look for you on paper? It looks fine. But when you get out there, it's like, oh, you're completely mismatched. I can't help that. I don't know everybody's history there is no mm-hmm. button that i could push and then mm-hmm. google's not that good mm-hmm. so you know sometimes we're gonna lose but that's okay we just don't stop that's what i want to yeah i want the fighters to continue yeah and, and you gotta become familiar with failure right like everyone that has accomplished anything great in life has failed a ton yeah and fail a lot yeah and don't be stressed about it like especially with the mma fighters their amateur record is amateur once they turn pro it changes over so you got to take every opportunity to get that experience What's the difference between the guys that make it to the highest level to the guys that fall short? Um, I think distractions. So some of the fighters that go all the way, they're not as easily distracted. So like some people get girlfriends or they start making money and they want to work more and they lose interest in, in fighting because mm-hmm. there's not much money mm-hmm. and it takes a long time to be at the top of the game so people that get distracted um i think just yeah just the ones that make it are just resilient they don't give up they just keep going and they're talented uh, and you know just opportunities come knocking and they they just you know achieve their goals by winning their fights and stuff like that and being exciting they i mean it's not a very high percentage of successful fighters like jasmine she's 19 years old she's one of our most successful fighters but look how long she's been doing it 10 years fighting so it's not gonna be an overnight success what do you think and is reese lightning he's yeah. a black belt so he's obviously been training over 10 years so it's not like something that you can achieve and be successful in two to three years it's a long-term goal what would you think is the percentage coming from your gym? Is it 1% of people that will make it to the highest level and a successful living kind of thing? Two. Two percent. <laughs> Not that much. Yeah. But 
but it depends. Look, we can go through phases. I We've created world champions before, like Flip Street and Thor. They were world champions at the time. I won a world championship. John Wynn was also fighting. So there was five. So that's 5%. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if yeah. we have 100 students, right? Yeah. So sometimes yeah. it's one, two, three, four, five. It just depends what phase we're going to. But this is what I'm trying to create now. So I got Jesse. My son, who's 14, he's got all his young friends, whoever can keep going without stopping and not lose, get distracted by girls and money Mm -hmm. and going out and partying Mm -hmm. can get to the top. Yes. Because they're starting now. That's what it's going to take for them to get to the top. And like... They are in the perfect environment. Hey, they are. This, this is all they do. This is all they see. This is yeah. all they hear. Like it's, it's, that's what it takes. How can you even compete with that? You know, yeah. like I'm just trying to think of someone that is going to face, you know, Jesse in 10 years time when he's yeah. 24. <laughs> like, but they, yeah. they are, they're everywhere. Yeah. So that's what was mind opening for me was when I went to America and seeing the kids, they're homeschooled, they're training wrestling at 7am, then they're training jujitsu, then they go and have lunch and they come back to lunchtime class, then they come back and they do afternoon class. They're training six to eight hours a day. So that's who's Jesse's competition. So when Jesse's training four hours a day, that's not even enough. He needs to train more. So, yeah, he, we're definitely pushing him because he's been doing it mm-hmm. since he could walk, like kicking and punching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he is a little bit of a has that, mm-hmm. but he's still beatable. And every, and so is Jasmine, and you know, who's been doing it since they can walk. But we just got to keep training super hard. And I tell the guys, I was like, do you think GSP would stop? No, he'd be doing every single class that he could. And even Reese Lightning said that to me. He's like... If I could do every single class, I would do every single class. That's how much they want to train. Yeah. Real champions. Yeah. The people that, mm, I'm tired. I don't want to train. Yeah. They're not going to be champions. Yeah. Right. How, what does it take to like make a good living for, from fighting? Do they need to get to one? Do they need to get to UFC? Like it's, is that like if well, they don't get there, well, forget it kind of thing. Reese is in the top five. He still has to have a day job. But he's cut back, so he's not wow. he's not working, yeah, okay. so he still has a day job. Yeah, right. So I think our gym was our day job, so we were lucky in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, Right now, like Dylan, we've helped him out so much that he's like got PTs and he teaches classes, so he didn't have to have a day job, so all his work mm-hmm. is inside the gym. Yeah, and that's, that's awesome. what Jasmine did, and it's a perfect environment to Mm -hmm. be in to be you know become a champion so we just try to create that environment and that's what we'll do with jesse as well because you need to have money like you're not going to make money for a long time so it's just one of those things that you're going to have to fighters have to be poor for a little while yeah they do they just it's like going to uni and you have to work and pay for uni right yeah you're not rich in uni driving yeah. a sports car yeah. you have to wait till you graduate and you've paid off your loans and then you could buy your dream car it's the same yeah. with fighting it's it's the same this is their university yeah or right now it's their elementary school because <laughs> <laughs> they still got a while that's crazy to me every time i realize like damn jesse's only 14 i know he would love to fight now in wow. one he could fight maybe at 16 but we got to make sure his passion's still the same and yeah and i'm giving him every opportunity to to you know 
to still ha- be passionate about the sport. Mm-hmm. Like um, next week, we're going to go to Sydney and he's going to train with Ross Pearson, who was a UFC fighter and do some wrestling classes yeah. because I know Jesse enjoys the wrestling with Reese. Yeah. So I just want to create opportunities for him. So he's always excited. Yeah. My dream for him too eventually is to take him to Thailand. He's never been there and see to be inside the Mecca of the yes. sport and to get more excited about Muay Thai because he does like the jujitsu and the wrestling more. Yes. Where Jazzy's been to Thailand three or four times. She loves it. Every time she leaves, she's like, I don't want to leave. I want to stay here. And it's like, yeah, that's what your dad felt too. Yeah. And it just it, it excites him. And it gives him, you know, goals like save money, go to Thailand, train, fight, win big fight on TV, happy yeah. days. Like, yeah. So that's what we try to make opportunities for our children. Is there more money currently in, like, obviously, I'm guessing Muay Thai doesn't have any good money. But between... Muay Thai enemy- is getting bigger okay. with one championship. Yeah. So definitely that... That's probably where a fighter wants to be to make money and yeah. like glory and kickboxing in one championship. Um, but yeah, some people don't even uh, they don't ha- they don't want to go on one championship. They just want to go to Thailand and fight in Lumpini. So you got all different motivations. Motivations. Yeah. The, is it better, for example, for someone like at the level of Jassy right now? Is it better to be doing boxing or MMA in terms of money, financial? Um, I. I think for boxing, she definitely sees um, the potential to make money in that because mm-hmm. there's um, other fighters out there that she looks up to that are making good money from boxing. Yeah, right. And there are some fighters that are fighting in Madison Square Garden and women making a million dollars. Like yeah. that for Jazzy's like, that's achievable. I can achieve that. So that's yeah. for her. She 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 sees that, you know, and she sees that in her future. So that's why she's not detouring back to MMA, which I would love her to do Yeah, because I just think there's so much potential in that. Look at Ronda Rousey. I mean, you know, and that was one of Jazzy's idols and there's other female fighters out there that they make really good money from, from fighting in MMA. But if her passion's boxing, I'm happy for her to box. They can make very good money in that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's certainly a very lucrative sport at the moment. How would you describe your relationship with Jassy? I think it's fascinating. Like (laughs) watching, it's like like really good friends. Yeah, we're definitely good friends. But sometimes she doesn't want to tell me everything because she doesn't like my motherly response. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we get along super great. But right now she's kind of going through a phase where she is young, wild, and free. And Mm. you know, I love seeing her blossom like that. Yeah, no, that, and what I love about her is that she's such a go-getter. You know, mm, whenever yeah. she wants something, she seems she like... She works very hard for you. Yeah, exactly. Like an actual person and doing the documentary as well, like learning more about how she thinks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like she wants all this stuff. She wants like the big things and that resonates with me, right? Because I'm, I'm always telling people like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. do that. Like I have massive goals and... I tell people, a lot of people are like, oh, what if you don't make it? What if you don't make these things that you always say? I'm like, I'm going to die trying. You yeah, know, at least you're going to, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I will, if if you kill me, even tomorrow, if you kill me, you know, and, and they play my movie, I know that guy was giving everything he had. You know, I yeah. know he was working towards something. I know he had a big why. I know he was putting the work. I know he was not being lazy. I know he wasn't taking mm. things for granted. So that will make me feel fulfilled. Yeah. If you play me and I was like, oh, I, I didn't give everything. You yeah. know, like I wasn't giving enough. That would kill me. Yeah, That would sure. literally kill me. Do you feel that you gave everything you had to the sport and everything? Well, as a fighter, I, I just knew I was finished 
Like I just didn't feel like I needed to be make a million dollars from fighting. So that was never my end game. That was mm. never my goal. Um, my main goal was to make, you know, um, Bunchu a household name and um, a worldwide name, not a household name, a world world renowned name. Mm. And I, I believe that I have achieved that with mm -hmm. John Wayne, of mm. course. And then like his, I think goal was to be a household name. And he's also achieved that, you know, we go somewhere and people, Hey Johnny, or they recognize him and, and Jazzy's doing it too. So through the sport and that's, what's the great part about it. I feel like we've been successful, you know, and yeah. like, I'm not worried about like she's like oh i'm I'm gonna buy you this i'm gonna buy you that or something like that and i think it's sweet but they were saying that you know surpassing your parents you know you should surpass your parents you should be yes. a little bit more successful than your yes. parents and i and i want that and i want yes. to train you know help my kids grow and blossom and be successful but yeah, yeah so i don't know i i think yeah i if that's your main goal to be a millionaire, you keep going until you die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'll be like that. That's just one of the goals, you yeah. know. Then, but, but yeah, it will certainly be like that. You're just making me think a lot, you know, about my family and all these things. Like, if you should surpass your family, right? Yeah. And I think it'll be almost a disservice or or being ungrateful, not trying that. Yeah. Right. Like they gave you life. They gave you this mm. great opportunity to be on the floating rock. And you're just going to settle with mm. whatever you can get or being mediocre, mediocre or yeah. being average. Or it's like, I don't know. I said, like I said, I, I see my dad as such a superhero, you know, the guy yeah. that was always working regardless of anything. I, I can't think of a single day where my dad was like, nah, no working today. I'm lazy. I just want to chill <laughs> never never you my know, dad didn't either you know he missed like one day one day or like because he was sick literally yeah, sick exactly and Not yeah i can only think of that like a, a day that he was like dying and mm. i was seeing him in bed like suffering yeah. and he'll still be making calls and doing oh, stuff wow. you know like work so to me it's like how can not try to be great it'll yeah. be a disservice yeah to, we have that, good, we have, we've had good idols and that's why we you know push to be a, a more successful or as successful as our parents yes but um yeah i i hope for the best for jazzy like if whatever she wants I, i would love for her i think one of the things was she wanted to be um have more belts than wayne and she won a world title at mm -hmm. 19 i don't know how old he was when he won his world title but i know it was 21 so she beat me yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's funny but yeah. she has so much time she yeah. has so much time she to accumulate right you better bulk and up <laughs> another thing so when she fought in thailand for her last fight she made the same amount of money as wayne made for his world title in thailand yeah so his first world title so she made the same as what he made so you know what i mean like yeah. you could compare things and she's already yeah. she's already there yeah but like yeah i i i'm excited I'm yeah. excited to see what the future brings for my kids. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, I'd, I've been present in a few fights where you guys are coaching fighters. And I remember this one that I actually filmed, ba the Baden's fight, yeah. where in one part, because I had a mic, uh, I think it was when you or, or Professor, yeah. I can't remember. And there's a, a part of it where you say, eh, Baden, come on, you have a bigger heart. Yeah. I'm curious to see what kind of things are you telling fighters when you see because at that point he was about to get choked out like it, yeah. it, it was very because close. I knew yeah. I knew what he could 
survive. I knew what he can take and how fit and strong he was. And, and I still believe in him. And like, um, he's had a couple losses, but every time he wants to fight and he has an opportunity, I was like, Baden, I believe in you. Like, so I think as long as it takes one person to believe in you, you know, and I want to be that one person for some people. So that's, that's just my, my help and support for the fighters. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I, and I always, you know, I always tell people like, you got to think that most people won't believe in you. Yeah. You know, even even family members, close friends, like you you got to be your biggest fan. You got to yeah. really set in stone in your head that, you know, you're going to do this regardless of what happens, mm -hmm. regardless of how many people are going to mock you or, or make fun of it or doubt you. Like that's, that's going to be imperative in order to succeed but those people are gonna make you want to work harder that yes. don't believe in you so i used i used to have a bit of conversations when i was younger and i was like do you doubt me are you kidding me like i am going for it yeah. i loved when people doubted me i love when people didn't think i could do it yeah like, oh come on it's a challenge yeah watch this and i yeah. would do that yeah when i was younger that was a big thing for me uh, there was a lot of doubt one guy told me he's like oh you should be a ring cart girl not a fighter and then i saw him a couple of years later i was like hey look at my belt I yeah. what have, what have you done some. yeah so, so, yeah, so yeah. yeah that's happened to me in my life and you know sometimes you kind of need those critics yeah for you know to push you to work a little bit harder because you do have a lot of people to prove wrong yes yeah and i it, like proving people wrong i love that too. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it's almost like you have to reframe your perspective right because yeah. some people will take that as like oh they think i can't maybe they're right you know like yeah. I, I can't do it right so you have to have that little power mental power yeah, to be like is. no fuck you i can't do this it, you know? it's having a strong mental game yes and it's about being tough and being yeah. hard and in life like yes. yeah for sure yeah for for everything i like any. seeing people pass their limits and, and do a little bit more than they they could do i had a fighter yesterday he has 100 fights i said the number to beat is 66 burpees in three minutes and he thought i said 50 he hit 50 i was like no it's 66 so he kept doing them till he got to 66 he had to do 16 more because he thought it was 50 he's like i never thought i could do 66 i yes. thought i could only do 50 and so it's i think making things that we've achieved and we're like okay you can do this because this is what we've we've achieved you can surpass this and a lot of times they do a lot yeah. of times in the gym like records get broken all the time and we love it we're, we're, there, we're there to cheer people on and it, it that's fascinating right when a record gets broken and it took let's say years for someone to yeah. do like a minute run faster or whatever then suddenly a bunch of people always break the record quicker. It doesn't yeah. take the same amount of years because that many people believe and it's yes. a mindset. Yes, it's exactly. having a strong mindset and 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 because the mental strength game is super strong. Yes, because they had a they ceiling. Know, they know. Yes. They know it's gonna work. They believe. Now now they know they there's yeah, a living proof. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But that's that's know. why we need the crazy people, right? We yeah. need the people that believe like, hey, you can make a, a million dollars being mm -hmm. a fighter, you can make a million dollars being a, a filmmaker, you can make a million dollars doing whatever you love, yeah. right? You need those people that break those limits and mm -hmm. then all the people realize like oh shit, it's possible, you know, yeah. that, that's what, like, one of my personal goals, you know, is to show people, like, hey, doesn't matter where you come from, you know, how you look, if you're tall, if you're strong, all these things, yeah. like, you can really accomplish anything you want, like, I want to prove that, hey, I come from yeah. Venezuela, third world country, didn't even spoke English six years ago, like, anything, wow. 
and suddenly we're having a deep conversation in a different in language English, yeah. yeah like all these things and and i will become a millionaire i will mm -hmm. have businesses i will show that hey yeah you can do whatever you want you know that's that's the kind of people we need we need more people that believe in the impossible you know like yeah for sure I, i've turned my mindset to like anything is possible you know yeah, sure. anything anything i want if i really put the time the effort the work there's always a way around it sometimes mm -hmm. it's not exactly maybe what you want if you want to you know to have a uh, to be maybe a professional fighter but maybe you can have your gym yeah. maybe you can have a youtube channel where you speak about all the fighter stuff and you get sponsorships and things like that yeah. there's always like a like a twisted way and sometimes it's not exactly what you want it but you can be around it like there's yeah. different things yeah it's really cool around it yeah. um, there's a there's a famous fighter peter arts and he's got his own youtube channel now and he was a legend in the k1 days and um also you know he's from holland and he's a really good fighter and he's got his own youtube channel i was like genius of yes. course people are going to want to see that yeah exactly so good do it yeah yeah, yeah. If, if there are going to be people that want to support you so yeah do for it. sure that's that's the other thing we always yeah. underestimate yeah the impact you know of things that how the little things you do that make you happy and all this stuff can impact the life of other people mm -hmm. you know i'm sure if you start asking people around the gym like hey how does punchu has impacted your life i'm telling you you will have things like messages that you're like whoa i never thought about that yeah. like you know i never thought we had that kind of impact you know in it yeah it's a beautiful thing if you could go back and give a the best advice you could give to young Angie for life in general to to kind of get whatever she wants and be successful and be happy mm -hmm. and all these things what kind of advice would you give her I probably would have said you know do jujitsu younger but they say that all the time oh I wish I started younger yeah yeah so I think that's one of those things but I don't think that because I didn't start younger I still can't be as, as successful at it mm -hmm. like I can still be a a big part of my life mm -hmm. so yeah just why, why I would have, do you two? because i think you know the mma and the martial arts i think i could have been a, a little bit ahead of the game right now i'm back and i'm mm -hmm. I'm, I'm working mm -hmm. forward like but i'm patient mm -hmm. and i know i have a lot of time so mm -hmm. and even if i don't i've still set the grounding stones like Mm -hmm. to for things to happen for you know my my kids and stuff like that but yeah it would have been really cool if i started a little bit earlier what what about a general skill something like that is applicable to any area of life if mm. you could give her one thing she's 29 oh you know age, what what would it be no speaking spanish ah <laughs> <laughs> why didn't i learn when i was younger it's yeah. so hard it's so hard to learn it now at 43 like It'll it was so, hard, so yeah. easy so much easier when i was younger but how old were you when you moved here and started learning uh, speaking i was 23 English? see when you're 23 yeah. you're so young yeah you i still can, you still there's you, a, there's actually studies about that like you still have neuroplasticity on to 25 so yes, anything you want to learn yeah. before 25 usually is easier on yeah you so i wish I, I learned another language i was learning speaking other languages and I, I know a little bit of certain languages, but I never became completely fluent in one. Mm. And I wish I did that. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, awesome. That would be a cool thing and to have in my back pocket. La last question to close this up. If you could give three pieces of advice for business owners, anyone that is an entrepreneur or starting a business, any three lessons that, hey, if you want to have a successful business, regardless of the area, these are three things that you better pay attention to and or kind of like work in it. 
Wow, that's a that's a deep question. Mm. I mean, I can just say, you know, being a good business and and don't do dodgy stuff. Like mm -hmm. you really want to, you don't want it to the backlash of have a bad reputation. Yeah, bad yeah. reputation. You want to do as best as you can, and like not everyone's going to be happy either. Mm -hmm. So you, you just got to try to run a good business, mm -hmm. and um, you know, uh, I guess just you know. Net, uh, social networking, mm -hmm. you know, having a good social media mm -hmm. and um, responding and st and stuff like that. I'm still a little bit slack in that mm -hmm. because I get so many messages mm -hmm. and I'm just one person that replies. And Wayne, John Wayne gets so many messages mm -hmm. and he responds to them all. So, you know, we do get flooded in with that. So just mm -hmm. having a good social media so that people can contact you and um, responding to people is really nice. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the third one could be. What do you suggest to run a good business? The third to one. run a good business. I think you, you need to learn business. That's mm -hmm. a, that's a big thing. Like understand depend depends of who are we talking to, right? But if I was talking to an entrepreneur and is just starting a business or someone that want, either wants to start a gym or whatever, first, I think it's very important that you're starting something that you love or, or you could do for a very long time because mm -hmm. it takes a while to understand how to make a profitable business or even yeah. a successful business. It's very unlikely that it to it, you can just look at yeah. statistics, you know, like it like Every Even if team. you don't study business, you could be an apprentice to yes. someone and stuff yes, like that. So exactly. that's what I did. I was exactly. an apprentice. I didn't. Go, I went to uni for two years, but I didn't go to uni for business. Yeah. I learned in the business, yes. in successful businesses. So finding mentors, yeah. you mentors, know, that, yeah. that's yeah, so find important. A mentor. Find, find a that's mentor. A yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great four. one, actually. Good job. <laughs> good job. Yeah, find a mentor because you need to see it. first if you will actually can picture yourself. Because for the longest time, I was like, maybe having a coffee shop will be great. Mm -hmm. Until I worked in a coffee shop and I saw how stressed they were, yeah. I'm like, well, no, fuck that. I don't want that. So, yeah. you know, so I think you need to have some sort of like life experience yeah. in whatever you want to do and then see, like, oh, okay, am I picturing myself yeah. being there in a while because even if you're planning on selling that business and build it to a point where you can sell it like it's gonna take a while you know exactly. you're gonna be in it so you better you better enjoy it kind of thing mm. but angie thank you so much for making the time no to come worries. into it i knew this was gonna be fun oh, so i really appreciate you for that where can people find you and get in touch with you and train with you and yeah all so um bunchu.com that has all of our um details in there and then we have um instagram bunchu mm. and we're pretty active so mm. yeah people can contact us through there yeah, awesome. Guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Creative Grid podcast. I hope this served you and you got some value out of it. Like I said, I'm trying to give you guys people from different areas of life so we can all learn from these legends and apply all of that to our lives to become a better version of ourselves and successful when it comes to the creative industry. And yeah, make sure to follow us at the Creative Grid in, on every platform and at Nelf Life. I'll see you on the next one good vibes you how's that very good <laughs> sally cool. cop uh, <laughs> <laughs> very good no thank you so much cool. angie that was awesome yeah